This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell, with you until 10 o'clock on this beautiful, bright, crisp Saturday, October morning. Thanks to Brian Redmond for the last two hours of music, chat and humour. Nice to hear old friend of KCLR, Alan Swan, on air. Speaking of old, I'm feeling a bit old when Alan is doing a podcast on ageing. It's called Older Not Over, as you would have heard Brian talking to him about and do check that out. This morning on The Bottom Line, during what's been a tough week for business and indeed all sectors of society, we talked to the Presidents of Kilkenny and Carlow Chambers of Commerce about the impact of Level 3, what lies ahead and what business and society needs to do to keep the show on the road. We speak to David Duggan about his new business delivery solutions. Tom Burgess of Kulatin Cheddar talks to us about his award-winning cheese business. And during this Fire Safety Week, we'll be joined by Kieran Kerwin of Rapid Fire Safety and Security. But first, joining me on the line is Colin Ahern, President of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce and General Manager of Kilkenny Ormond Hotel. Good morning, Colin. It's been a tough week for business, particularly for hospitality, which you're working in. It has, John. You know, I, mean, I suppose we were, we, we were looking ahead to the, the November, December, January, February, wondering how we were going to keep our business going, and it was taken out of our hands um, during the week. So um, we made the decision, along with a with with a number of hotels in Kilkenny, and 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 uh, to to close our doors <coughs> until the level three restrictions are lifted. Level three, really, John, is 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 level five uh, restrictions in the living for COVID plan for hospitality businesses, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that was kind of lost on a lot of people. You sent me a message. Uh, I think it was on Tuesday night um, saying like it seems to have been lost in the in the mix so to speak the relief that we didn't go from level 5 or sorry from level 2 to level 5 but um, over a thousand people in Kilkenny and probably the same again in Carlow lost their jobs yeah, look, I mean, there, but between Carlow and Kenny, there are over 6,500 people employed in hospitality, and that's throughout hotels, bars, restaurants, activity providers, museums, you name it. Um, and in general, they're all closed. I mean, some can operate with, with, with up to 15 people outdoors. We're not allowed to accept anyone from outside the county. Um, so so really, we're, clo- we're, we're ultimately closed. The, the employment wage subsidy scheme has allowed us to keep some people employed. But I mean, just to give you an idea, you know, from 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 my business, uh, we would have had this time last year 145 employees. Um, we, we that had fallen this year because business had had dropped significantly. In any case, to 115. But from next week, we'll have 25 people employed in the business, um, and and they wouldn't be there only for the only for the EWSS. <clears throat> so really it's been devastating and I suppose many businesses now and I've seen, you know, a quick search of social media will 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 show you that many businesses, hospitality businesses around the country have already made the decision not to open their doors until next February. Um, yeah. and really I suppose depending how long this goes on, that will that'll help businesses in Kilkenny make up their decision. Yeah. Uh, talk to us a bit about like this day seven 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 days ago last Saturday you were operating under uh, level two by any measure against what we used to call normal you know pretty restrictive circumstances but how was business going under level two um, it was it, it was it was challenging 
um, but we were but we were able to operate, and it made sense to be open and to operate. I mean, our our, our business was was operating at about fifty percent of what we would of, of what we would have done in in September um, two thousand and nineteen, uh, and we were forecasting similar similar level of levels of, uh, of turnover for, for for October. So it was challenging, but we had. We had a plan and how we were going to operate and how things were going to were going to get us through uh, until until next March and April. Uh, and unfortunately, then the announcement came and that really turned everything on on its head. October would have been important to us because you know the level of business that we would have, we would have been able to achieve and get in, especially around the midterm break at the end of the month, would have been very important for our business in terms of cash and and the the, the fight and getting through the next four or five months. Yeah, and, and just back to level two, how were people complying when you were welcoming people into the hotel for stays, your restaurant was open and so on? How were people complying with your requests to operate safely? John, I think, I think there's no doubt looking at the infection rates in the southeast that people were were complying far better here than they are in other parts of the country. Um, I think, you know, uh, we, we found people um, very happy to comply. Our staff were working very, very hard in making sure that our um, our business was safe and it was safe for them and safe for our customers. And, you know, just walking around Kilkenny in terms of the streets, the shops, the bars and the restaurants and the businesses, you could see the hard work that everyone was putting into ensuring that that um, that all the regulations were, were being adhered to. It was very challenging. I mean, the, the regulations around gatherings made it, you know, took away our bread and butter business. I mean, I'm sure people can imagine for, for businesses such as ours, christenings, communions, confirmations, weddings, all that sort of stuff was ultimately taken out t- taken out of our business model for 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 a number of months. And it, it, it was very, very challenging. A, a tough week. Presumably you've been on the phones, phoning people to make arrangements about cancellations and refunds and all that how are people responding to that the, the public who who had had plans to spend the weekend in the Kilkenny Ormond coming from Sligo Donegal well not Donegal shouldn't have been from Donegal but how, how have people been responding generally with good grace <clears throat> however I've been struck by um, people's uh, lack of awareness uh, regarding the fact they can't travel um, you know, I would have had you know somewhere in the region of a hundred rooms sold tonight, um, a hundred reservations that we had to cancel. Half those people had no idea they couldn't travel, uh, and you know were, were traveling from outside Kilkenny. Um, but 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 generally, it's been taken in good grace. I mean, I, I suppose I, you know, I suppose John, we made the decision to close, and, and and we made it for the good of of society, for our staff, and for our customers. We're not the COVID police, you know. We didn't have to close our doors. We don't have to ask people where they're traveling from. I could be open there t- uh, tonight and have a hundred rooms and not ask anyone where they're from and just turn a blind eye to it. But the right thing to do was to close and to take that and, and to take the hit and to take it out of people's hands. But I was genuinely struck by the amount of people that either didn't care or had never considered that they can't travel to a hotel in Kilkenny or any other part of Ireland. Yeah. Um, moving, uh, taking a wider perspective, you are, of course, wearing the chain, Colin, as president of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. What do you think the business community uh, needs to do now as we move into what's generally accepted are going to be very tough months? Yeah, look, everyone's going to have to cut their cloth. Um, there, I, I, I think I was on with you a number of weeks ago and, and we, when we spoke about some good news stories, and there genuinely are. I mean, it's great to hear how well some businesses are doing. 
Um, you, you spoke about having David Duggan on later, and you know someone starting up a new business in in in, in these in the current climate is is very brave, and it's really good news. Um, and 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 but you know hospitality and retail in particular are the are the sectors that are going to be particularly hit the hardest. And if we go into level five, retail is is going to be very very challenging. Mm. So certainly businesses need to need need to cut their cloth, need to come up with very robust plans and how they're going to sell and how they're going to get their you know on, online plans in particular. Um, but I do think that you know the Kilkenny public. Um, have always been supportive of, of 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 our businesses and and need to be more so in in the current climate. And that's why I really urge people, especially in the lead up to Christmas, and when if you look at hospitality and retail, everyone has a favourite bar, favourite restaurant, favourite hotel, favourite shop. Buy a voucher for Christmas. <clears throat> give them a chance, and you know, and 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 set something up, and give some someone a nice present for the new year. And it gives some people something to look forward to as well, because if you have a voucher for the Ormond or the River Court or wherever, you can actually plan ahead. And and I think psychologists will tell you having something positive to look forward to will help you get through the tough times. Very much so, and I and I'd also say you know like you know it it it, it it's a little bit wider than that as well. I mean, I, I I actually took a look back there a couple of weeks ago just to see, and we gave um, and this is only my business, right? And there there are hundreds of hospitality businesses in Kenny, but last year we gave 120 vouchers uh, out for free to different organisations and charities and people hosting events to for them to raise money uh, from a, from a charitable point of view. And, you know, all those things, you know, and even from employment, everyone, everyone knows someone that's working in hospitality. Um, our sons, our daughters, our brothers, our sisters, a lot of people started, got their first job in hospitality. So hospitality is, is, is really part of, our, part of our psyche. It's part of our, of our community. And so it's really important that we do everything we can to help, um, to, to help our, our hospitality businesses survive. But, but, but as I said, there's, there's, as you pointed out, there's other businesses, there's other people that are struggling, and it's just really important that Kilkenny people this Christmas, more than ever, support local businesses, shop at home and shop local. Okay, Colin, we leave it there. Thanks for joining us and uh, have a good morning. That's Colin Ahern, President of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Colin. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, we're moving on. We later in the uh, programme we'll be speaking to Colin Duggan, President of Carlow Chamber of Commerce. But as uh, Colin Ahern was mentioning there, the food and drinks industry in Carlow and Kilkenny employ thousands of people and contribute hundreds of millions of euros to the local economy. And we've been delighted over the last number of weeks to be working with Carlow and Kilkenny local enterprise offices on the Taste Local campaign, which encourages appreciation of the many tastes and food experiences available to people in local establishments and from local producers. Now, sadly, many of these outlets are closed due to the COVID restrictions with at best takeaway services or limited outdoor dining uh, or service. But there are many food producers who are continuing to produce the highest quality food and it's important that we remain aware of those and buy their products and so on. A little while ago I caught up with Tom Burgess who's a dairy farmer on the Carlow Wicklow border who now runs the award winning Kulatin Cheese Company. I spoke to Tom and he told me about how it all came about. Yeah, I had been a dairy farmer for about uh, 13, 14 years and I'd been thinking about developing a food product and uh, looking around for something to, to do that would use my own milk from the farm. I knew it was a good product and I could get be- better return for it. 
So when I tasted raw milk cheddar, the English raw milk cheddar that you get over there, uh, I decided that this was the thing. I looked into it further and I realized I had full control of the product from cows grazing in the field all the way back to putting it on the market. And uh, it would be down to me to, to make it a good product. And were you an aficionado of uh, cheddar, Tom, before yeah. you actually tasted that product? Uh, well, I, I did always like cheese, yeah, I always liked liked food, uh, and I realised the complexity of the flavour of the cheddar, of that particular cheese, raw milk cheddar, farmhouse cheddar, was, was quite amazing really, and I was sold on that, I was smitten by it, I said if I can make this, I can... I can sell it anyway, you know, I'll be a success. A long journey from just sitting there and thinking I'd love to make cheddar to actually yeah. getting it into restaurants, shops, winning awards and so on. Tell us something yeah. about that journey that you've taken. Well, I suppose I knew, I could see at the time that there really wasn't very much on the market. There wasn't anything there. You know, you'd go to a restaurant now for, for a cheese and after a meal and you'd get an easy single. But, uh, you know, since then, things have developed the whole food story has developed an awful lot and it, it, partly with my input as well i'm not claiming responsibility but but it takes people it takes the product but it also takes the consumer and we had people coming back from from abroad who had experienced good food abroad and different flavors and different tastes and, and the demand was there so it kind of came together between uh, the producers and the, the discerning consumers who wanted to pay a little bit more for good quality products. So close by where we're standing outside your, your cheese room is actually your milking part. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm not a cheese expert but what struck me as unusual was the milk actually goes straight from there. That's uh, right, yeah. Tell us about that. That's correct. Yeah, as I said I have full control so really what that means is I can pump directly from the cows as they're being milked in the morning into the cheese vat so it's still warm going into the cheese vat you can see the pipeline on the wall over there uh, there's there's two lines there one of them brings the cheese in and then when we want to wash it we circulate the wash water back so the the brings the milk in the milk isn't cooled or it doesn't have to be stored so that's the great plus we have the great advantage you have of making your product on the farm you don't have to store the milk there's no time for spoilage bacteria to grow it goes in warm so we don't have to cool it and we don't have to pasteurize it after to kill bugs that might have grown in the meantime it comes out of the cow more or less sterile and uh, it gets the cheese cheddar making process immediately so it's straight in with the starter when it gets into the cheese vat and then the rennet goes in and then it's cut and, and uh, scalded and then we train it down and go through the cheddaring process. This is a process, this cheddaring, English farmer's cheddar recipe, it's, it's uh, uh, developed in the West Country and it, it's, it is quite a safe uh, product afterwards. It involves acidity as well as uh, other things among other things acidity is kind of like a, a, a weak it's a weak acid it's like a pickle and it gives that cheddar that sharpness in the flavor uh, with cheddar and then the maturing phase we also add some salt into it at the end of it and we're reducing the moisture all the time and all these these different factors 
uh, stop bacteria growing, uh, stop the wrong bacteria growing. Some some survive the starter bacteria, what we put in, survive, and they're still there in the maturing phase, which is from the day after we make it for nine months to a year, up to two years for vintage. We, we keep our, our maturing cheddar in these, this maturing room here is an old cow bar, and it's just the right temperature for most of the time. There is cooling, but we have to keep it, we aim to keep it below 10 uh, for that time. And uh, we have more storage over that end in the packing room there. So we use the old farmhouse buildings, the stone, double stone walls, and they, they are good at, at keeping the temperature constant yeah. and they work well. So we hear a lot about farm to fork and so on, but quite literally the fields that I see around me here in the in the rolling hills of the Carlo Wicklow uh, border are where your cattle are fed. Yes. That's where they're milked and then that's yeah. the pipe that brings the milk into that cheese house there. Yeah. So it's pretty a, cl- a closed circuit, nothing yes. added but yeah, nature yeah. really yeah very very small amount of other ingredients mainly milk 95% milk and the other thing about it is the cows are eating freshly growing grass and clover swords and that is well known and accepted to all cheesemakers that's the ideal feed for good cheese and ours are on grass all year round we, we have a spring calving herd which by that means uh, they're calved in February and March and they go straight out onto grass. They graze grass all, all year round until they dry off in the end of November. They're getting grass every day of that. And um, that's, that's really it. And that's how we can make grass-fed, you know, produce a grass-fed product uh, from, from our herd. We don't make it when, we're, when they're not, when they're inside on silage and, and, and that we don't. We don't actually make cheese when they're eating silage at all. So we have a we have a nice break over the midwinter period. How would you describe the twenty-year journey to where you are today, from the idea when you took that uh, bite of cheddar <laughs> and went, "Aha, I can do that." Well, it seems like yes, yeah, seems short in one way, and it seems like a lifetime in another. It has exposed me to a lot of very interesting people and a, a lot of different experiences. We I did farmers markets at the beginning that was really the first step actually to find out what people want i did farmers market in carlo when it started up first and up in dublin we went to farm lee and other other fairs like that and just got to know what people liked and got to know the other cheeses and, and that too and what would appeal and um, cheddar collatin cheddar was was really the right thing and still is um, we made mount leinster cheddar then for more recently about seven or eight years ago it's more or less the same. We just wanted a bit of product diversity. And you've won and many awards over the years. We have, yeah, yeah. With Mount Leinster, that was a, the, the cloth band. We hadn't been doing cloth band before that, but uh, put cloth around it, which is part of the traditional way of doing it. And it did seem to work well for whatever reason. I didn't believe it would at first, but it did. And it won Supreme Champion Cheese in 2015 and 2017. That's it. Every four years in a row, it was the supreme champion in Irish Irish cheese. We've won in British Cheese Awards as well, and other other competitions. We've won gold, been judged well, well up there. The COVID era, um, while it's an economic shock, presumably there's an up uh, swing in interest in local produce. That must be good for a, pro- a product like yourselves. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's 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 helpful. All right, yeah. We had been 
putting our efforts into food service and we had some good wholesalers buying a lot of the product to, to supply to restaurants all over the country and in the north uh, you know we have quite a, a big audience of followers in Northern Ireland and um, that that was hit fairly hard so we, we kind of had to we had to go to our others and, and lo- luckily the local markets ju- came forward and, and came up and people did support us a lot we're selling a lot more now here just in Tullow in the, in the immediate locality in the local shops around here in, in Moors and Tullow Tinnahili farm shop and Coolin Owl farm shop and, and the markets you know and, and local restaurants have been quite helpful as well Brexit will have its challenges um, no doubt for, for uh, businesses like yourself but are you optimistic about the future? Well, I'm keeping going. <laughs> Struggling at the moment, but I, I, I'm not going to stop that easily. Brexit, really, we hadn't been big uh, sellers in the UK because they have their own raw milk cheddar over there. I do see an opportunity in, on the continent because the, it'll be easier to compete against uh, the, the British cheddars because of the tariffs that are going to come in on their product. So I'd, I think there may be an opportunity to replace them in France and Germany. I'm hopeful of that, yes. Tom Burgess of Coolatin Cheddar there, and uh, I had a lovely uh, few minutes on his uh, farm there in a lovely area on the Carlow Wicklow border, and you can see a video of that. Keep an eye on our social channels, a video of that uh, interview which I did with Tom, all part of our Taste Local campaign, which we're doing with Carlow and Kilkenny local enterprise offices. Speaking of Taste Carlow and Taste Kilkenny, during the week, six producers from Carlow and Kilkenny won at the Bloss Naheran Awards. They were O'Hara's Brewery Sunshine. Juice, the Chocolate Garden series and uh, we had series on last week, Nature's Oil and Sauces and the Fig Tree Restaurant in Kilkenny, so well done to all of those. We're going to be talking new business next. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie now it's coming up to 29 minutes past nine o'clock. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock when Edward Hayden will uh, come along and bring you lots to listen to this morning. And they're going to be talking to a neuroscientist about the long term impact of COVID. So that should be an interesting uh, conversation. But never mind the long term impact of COVID. Stop yourself getting COVID. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Wear a mask and all that good stuff. Um, look, During uh, times like these, amazingly, uh, some people are surprised to see that new businesses start off despite the biggest uh, upheaval that the business community has endured for generations. Many brave entrepreneurs have spotted gaps in the market and we've spoken to many of them. They've taken the plunge and established new business. David Duggan from Kakenny is one such man and in recent weeks has started Delivery Solutions, which is a new business which seeks to address a very specific need which has always been there but which is perhaps particularly acute during the COVID-19 crisis where varying levels of lockdown and restricted movement are unfortunately a fact of life. Earlier this week, I caught up with David Duggan and I started by asking him to tell us about the new business. Hi, John. Um, Yeah, Delivery Solutions, we had thought about for the last number of months when we're in lockdown and it's a service that we're going to be offering to 
businesses and pharmacies here in Kilkenny. Um, initially, we'll be starting with the pharmacies, the um, hospitals and the medical centres. Because we're in an environment, thanks to COVID, if that's not the wrong expression, where people's movements are uh, totally curtailed, particularly vulnerable people, but the need for medicine, prescriptions and so on is probably higher than ever. Yeah, more so than ever. Um, talking to all the pharmacies here in Kilkenny, that um, this is always the busiest time of the year for prescriptions anyway, with the flu season kicking off as well. But um, yeah, the next three or four months, uh, normally in the wintertime, is the busiest time for prescriptions. So in many ways, your name of the service says it all, delivery solutions. But just talk us through the way it'll work. Yeah, the way it's going to work is that um, most people will ring their own pharmacy and order the delivery from the pharmacy to their front door of their house. Um, the way f- pharmacies now work is that they, they're emailed directly by the doctor, the prescription for each person, and then that's really relayed on. And so we'll, we'll just we'll collect from the pharmacy and deliver directly to that person's door. Uh, one thing that people will have found, uh, you know, in deliveries from couriers or if they're buying something online from far away overseas, for example, is that the deliveries can be hard to predict when it's going to happen. What way will you address that locally? Will you be able to give people specific assurances that you'll, you'll, the delivery comes within a particular time? Yeah, John, like within the, the, the city, um, all prescriptions will be delivered in the morning. Um, obviously, when we go outside the five mile to ten mile radius, it will be probably early afternoon. Um, but anyone that's kind of outside that area will get a call or a text as um, we definitely want to make sure that they get their prescriptions. Yeah, because people, regularity is a key thing. So you've built that into your way of operating. Yeah, 100%. You know, and if we don't um, get a chance to deliver, if the cur- that person is not there to take it, we will take it back. Um, there'd be no way that we'd be leaving it in people's front doors or anything like that. Yeah, we heard, um, we were chatting just before we started recording. There are some horror stories about stuff getting um, uh, dropped off and left on people's wheelie bins or left in garages and so on. You couldn't allow that to happen with, um, you know, with drugs essentially no definitely not and as i was saying to you there before our meeting there that uh my own wife got a delivery there last two two three days ago and the box was half eaten and her jacket went with it so by a dog we by hasten to our new dog yeah <laughs> um and so given in all seriousness given the seriousness of the delivery of pharmaceutical goods uh you know that's built in like so it's person to person yeah what will happen is if, if the delivery isn't made it will go back into the refrigeration in the vehicle and be returned straight away to the pharmacy yeah um and what what's the duration you mentioned the mornings but it'll operate throughout the week yeah the way it's going to work is that um we will be collecting from each pharmacy between nine and half nine each morning and then one till two o'clock. So we'll be delivering mornings and afternoons. And if there is a, if the pharmacy does miss the cutoff point, um, the service will be, be down for the next morning service. And what way do the charges work, David? Yeah, it's really, we have nothing to do with, we don't want to get in a position where we want to be charging the person that's receiving the uh, prescription. So the pharmacy will be charging 
the the prescription to whoever is getting it, whoever's ordering the prescription, and that will be six or fifty within a five mile radius of Kilkenny City. So basically, it's a service you provide to the pharmacy, and whether the pharmacy charges or not, it's uh, it's up to the pharmacy. That's it, correct? Yeah. Yes. And what's the reaction been like? I would imagine it's a very uh, <laughs> good environment to be launching such a service into. Yeah, we've done a, we did a lot of market research there in the last three or four months, and. It's amazing the stories you hear from people that need it. Um, that you know, whether it's young or old, vulnerable people that are living outside a certain distance, people that don't drive. It's just many, many reasons why. And this isn't something for the short term with delivery solutions. Solutions. It's something that's going to continue into the future because I seriously believe that it's a service that is badly, badly needed. And uh, COVID has probably uh, highlighted that more than ever. And and so the indications that we've had this particular week is that it's probably going to be even more demand for... Yeah, it seems to be the case. Um, when you Every time you listen to the, the news, it just seems to... Guess it's moving in that direction, but as I say, we we're we're ready for for that. Um, uh, you've you've had a good reaction so far, but you said you're in it for the long term. How are you feeling about the environment doing business in the COVID era? Uh, it, it, many people say it's not a great environment to launch a business, but you seem confident. Oh, definitely. I've, I've, since I, I was a young man, I still am. I hope, but um, I've seen probably two or three recessions and uh, I've often found that new startup business kind of there's there's an opening there and uh, there's a willingness for people to engage with that especially when it's a local service we know from uh, this program and across Casey Law, we've talked to many pharmacists who said after the last lockdown, there was an unbelievable surge in demand. So presumably, you know, with expectations around that maybe over the coming weeks or months, we may see tightening of restrictions, there will be a big demand. So it's a good time for pharmacists to kind of talk to you at this stage, I presume. Yeah, definitely. And look, it's uh, any new business, it's, it's kind of to break the barrier down. And I suppose it's like for every pharmacist is to get us to know them and us to know us you know there has to be a a building relationship there um at the end of the day we are supplying uh, a service for them to their customer so we're very much on board with them so how did they contact you david yeah most um, pharmacies will either text or email um what requirements they will need um in the morning or in the afternoon um and then we'll we'll go straight collect and deliver um, on their on their um, recommendation. David Duggan there from Duggan uh, or sorry from Delivery Solutions, and you can contact him at David at DeliveriesSolutions.ie. That's David at DeliveriesSolutions.ie, and his number is 087-286-3905. We're back after the break talking to Colin Duggan from Carlo Chamber. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. Now, uh, also National Winner Women in Enterprise Day is a virtual 
virtual event this year and good to see Paula Butler from Butler's Organic Eggs being chosen as a leading light by Carlo Local Enterprise Office and if you'd like to register for events uh, you should go to localenterprise.ie forward slash N-W-E-D Now I'm joined on the line by Colin Duggan from County Carlo Chamber President of County Car- Carlo Chamber and like his counterpart in Kilkenny Colin Ahern, Colin Duggan is also a hotelier. Colin, it's been a tough week uh, for business in Carlow as well. Yeah, it, it's been devastating for uh, the hospitality sector, specifically uh, moving to level three, where uh, we see bars, restaurants, cafes and hotels uh, virtually closing again um, the, with limited activity for takeaway or uh, even to, to, to serve outside uh, in, in the, the, the cold weather we've had or cold and wet, wet and windy weather we've had the last uh, couple of days. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of challenges for this sector and I think it, we, we, we need to see some, some very specific um, uh, f- uh, funding uh, models to, to come into to, to this sector whether it's to uh, to look at liquidity and, and, and additional supports that the, that the government might offer. Uh, but definitely, we need to see uh, the reduction in our VAT rate. Uh, specifically, uh, the, uh, we're now 9%, uh, sorry, 13.5%, which is second, uh, second uh, highest in Europe. Yeah, uh, when they brought in the, the, the rock bottom, well, not the rock bottom, but the very much reduced one during the recession, um, that seems like tiddlywinks nearly in comparison to the challenges that the hospitality sector is facing now. Yeah, totally. We need to stimulate business when we do restart again. And I think we need something like 5%, even though 9% is probably as best we could hope for. Uh, but it, it, it was quite successful when uh, Britain moved to 5% uh, two months ago. Um, and they also had additional supports offering uh, midweek um, uh, funding for um, meals of up to 10 euros per, per meal. So again, trying to support the businesses as they reopen. Uh, and and we, we're going to have... Uh, probably level three is going to continue for a, a, at least six weeks, if not not longer. I think. Mm. Um, how did staff take it? Uh, unfortunately, people in the hospitality industry are, are becoming almost accustomed. I was talking to some people during the week and said they're nearly getting used to getting laid off and so on. But it's very difficult. How, how are people yeah. taking it? Yeah, th- th- this time is is different in a way um, where where we we were actually trying to keep our staff employed and we rather than uh, lay them off we put them on three day week but even that that in in in, in is only a short term remedy if this continues uh, much longer it will be hard, hard to, to sustain that but the the staff in general they 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 they're, they're very optimistic people uh, by nature uh, as as we know going into our cafes bars or restaurants uh, they, they're they're the ones that that, that are smile that bring a smile to you to your face when when uh, you see them, and that's, that's that Irish welcome is is famous worldwide. Yeah, uh, um, there are plans still for international travel next year. You know, you're, you, this is the time of year sure. people budget uh, for next year. A very difficult thing to try and estimate what next year is going to be like, let alone next month. 
Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the, even what we see in forward bookings from uh, a, a tour operators, they're really looking at June and beyond. Um, that, that first half of the year, we, it, 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 there's, there's no real optimism in, in, in that space at all. Um, I, I would love to think that, that we would see international travel back in June. Um, and I am an optimist uh, at heart. Uh, but I, I think we're, we're probably, uh, uh, until we, we see some sort of remedy uh, in vaccine or even how we can treat uh, COVID-19, we're not going to see international travel uh, uh, to, to, to the levels we've seen over the last couple of years. Yeah, now, moving on from from the level three, I was delighted to have been asked to chair a retail seminar that happened virtually during the week, thanks to Carlo Chamber, and you spoke at that, Colin. It really was a very positive event. It really was, and, and it brought, uh, it gave an opportunity to currently retailers to network and actually share experiences. Um, on the day, we had uh, Evelyn Moynihan, uh, who was representing the Champion Green uh, uh, promotion, which basically is trying to get us back to the shop local idea, look after our local suppliers, our local artists and producers, and, and to make sure that, that we, we, where we can shop local uh, in, in our local towns. And Evelyn had um, an amazing message about if everybody spent an extra €20 Euros a week or a month, it, it pretty soon adds up to something like three quarters of a billion, almost 0.8 of a billion. Million, I think eight hundred yeah. and something million. Yeah, and, and it, fantastic stats. Where, where we, we, if we can just just pivot slightly, uh, we could actually uh, help our, our local uh, producers and suppliers. And, and it, it's, it's so important now to, to look at local. Um, and, and this is promoted by by, by the Kilkenny Group. Now it's funny we mentioned it's Kilkenny Day today. The Kilkenny Group is, is one of those uh, the the main uh, companies supporting this. Yeah, and um, now not to take away from any of the other uh, speakers at it, but Philip Macdonald of Detail Menswear, I thought he kind of stole the show, so to speak. He was really very impressive. True. True, a fantastic story uh, where uh, Philip uh, has been in business uh, in, in Carlo and in Kilkenny uh, since 1988, uh, a real stalwart of, uh, of Carlo fashion. Uh, he found himself with, with no sales in, in, in March and scratching his head, he, he went and, and started to look at how he could go online. So he used Google, he used YouTube, he used his local enterprise board. And then uh, Black Knight helped him along the way to create his website. And now he's, he, he's pivoted to from 2% sales last year. In, in August this year, he's 65% of his sales were online. Mm. A fantastic story. And it was fun, one of the funny things was he's even tried to personalize it. So where he recognizes me as a customer, I might go for, my, uh, go for a, a large in a, in a sweater. He'll send me back an email saying maybe the Excel might fit better, you know. Yeah, he had a very funny expression I hadn't heard before. Vanity scissors, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we all suffer from that now and again. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It just goes to show where he's trying to bring his, his personal customer care experience that he has always had in in his shop online as well. Yeah, now, every year... Um, here in a radio station, um, people roll their eyes when they hear Christmas ads and so on. But there's a kind of united voice encouraging people to start their Christmas shopping early for for sound economic safety and um, kind of patriotic reasons, I suppose. It is, yeah. Like we have to be realistic. Um, we don't want to see queues in shops, as we as we can all picture back last Christmas, where we are running around like maniacs uh, a couple of days before Christmas. 
we need to, to take a, a, a long-term approach where we actually have to plan our Christmas shopping this year. But let's plan our Christmas shopping and look after uh, our local shops. Uh, consider them, and and also it, 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 to consider what, if they're online to to go on, go onto their online shop, you know. Um, and and one of the the, the great things uh, that has come out of um, of COVID is our local enterprise board has has helped along the way with uh, uh, local shops trying to go online and create their own uh, website. So I, I would encourage everyone to go go online and, and, and look for their local supplier first if they, where, where they can. So finally, Colin, a tough week, but uh, the Carlo business community, like in Kilkenny, resilient and will bounce back from it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think we're, we're in a very strong place. Uh, we, we, we've got a great group of people. Um, who are quite positive and proactive and, I th- and working together uh, and, and using shared experience I think we will all uh, find a way through, through this but John if you don't mind if I could just do, do one plug if you don't mind before sure. I finish um, we, we're organising a social, a digital and social media audit for, for uh, a Carla Chamber uh, 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 members and this will do basically a, a digital uh, 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 to analyze your digital footprint to look at your social media your website and to to be that secret shopper for for your your website and give you the analysis that you need to bring your 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 website and your social media forward so it's a, it's a fantastic free tool which uh, we would hope that everyone w- w- would would actually uh, take the opportunity and and use it okay thanks very much colin uh, that's colin duggan from county carlow chamber president of county carlow chamber and you get, can get more information about that audit on the carlow chamber website we're going to take a break and we're back for more another positive story on the bottom line coming up the Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Now I'm joined on the line by Kieran Kerwin, who's a director at Rapid Fire Safety and Security Services Limited. And this week is, of course, National Fire Safety Week. Good morning, Kieran. Good morning, John, and to all your listeners. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Um, just tell us a bit about your company, Karen, first, before we talk about fire safety and all the products you supply. Yeah, well, Rapid Fire and Safety and Security Service Limited, uh, we're based here in Kilkenny, covering all countries nationwide. We've extensive knowledge and experience in the fire and safety industry. Now, we also specialise in inspection, installation and service of all portable firefighting equipment to meet Irish and current fire standards, including fire alarms, and emergency lighting. Yeah, and you've got about 10 employees, Kieran. I, I understand. That's yeah, a pretty we, significant we, employment. We established ourselves over over, uh, over five years ago. Myself and my business partner, John Carlin, uh, we had extensive knowledge, as I said, in, in, the, in the safety industry, starting off in the fire services up in Dublin. And we had also a vast knowledge and experience in first aid and safety equipment. So, so you worked in the, you worked as a firefighter yourself? No, no, we, we trained with the fire association of Ireland. Ah. Um, yes, in line with um, portable firefighting equipment and the safety associated therewith. Yeah, so but you're but you're more uh, engaged in actually pre- preventing fires. That's the name of the game, rather than fire, fighting them if you can, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah, fire prevention is is where we um, provide all our service and experience, and 
both domestic and industrial to suit all businesses um, across Kilkenny and surrounding counties. Uh, it's something that I suppose that everyone needs to have in place at all times. Uh, we find that uh, providing the free consultation that we do, we do our free surveys nationwide, which I suppose allows us to go in and inspect premises for, for people that sometimes are caught with other areas of the business that is sometimes ignored. And I suppose that the responsibility of it all is that we have a duty as employers as well and also for our own work-related work colleagues to ensure that fire safety is always in place at all times, given yeah. that in any event of fire risk that there's, um, there's something at hand. Yeah, because uh, fire can be absolutely devastating for a business because there's no quick way back from having a major fire. No, there's no, there's no quick way back. And as I said, that we, we came up with this solution that, uh, as far as that, haven't been around and noticed different areas of fire risks in place, we decided to open up this safety facility up here in Urban Industrial State in Kilkenny so that it offers people a one-stop shop for all the fire and safety solutions and consultation in relation to what they need for insurance requirements. Um, all these guidelines are all presented on, on um, IS 291-2015 Irish and European Fire Standards in what's required to have in place for all businesses as a duty to protect everyone in in this area, you know? Yeah, because there are quite onerous um, regulations and requirements on businesses as well. So, like, there's preventing a fire is one thing, but you can be prosecuted if you're not compliant. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, obviously, I said that all these guys are set out to protect everyone in, in the industry. And there's, there's um, fire inspectors that call regularly to premises to ensure that they're meeting requirements and standards. And, of course, with insurance, I suppose, that's where we find that the risk is to, to um, employers is that sometimes they forget that, that it's essential to have these standards in place as in, in any event for fire risk or if a fire, if fire takes place, it's, 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 it's then when all this, these standards come in place and come acknowledge to people that they have to have, have to have them in place in the first place. Yeah, you know? what's the most, in your experience, what's the most common um, mistake or, or dangerous thing that businesses do in relation to not being prepared for fires well, or having fire safety? Well, what it is is that it's not just about having fire extinguishers um, in place and left around in different areas of the building. Deciding a location of fire extinguishers is essential uh, for areas of risk of fire and the types of fires that may occur. So it's it's important that, as a mandatory requirement as well, that all these areas are highlighted for fire for fire purposes in, in, in the view of that in the fire situation that people are able visually able to see where the fire extinguisher location points are. And also, it's also important that on an annual basis, under these standards, that these extinguishers are serviced and pressure tested and maintained on an annual basis to include that they're all getting carried out with service to ensure that in events of fire, that are actually confident to work and that the people that's responsible for the fire extinguishers on site are constantly trained as well in the use of the extinguishers. Yeah, because you can make things worse by just squirting the wrong stuff on the wrong type oh, of fire. Absolutely. Highly, highly, highly dangerous in the risk of that. Between electrical fires and combustible fires, you have different fire extinguisher types with different areas of fire risk. And, of course, um, one of the biggest risks is that sometimes, commonly know, people would often pick up, say, a foam extinguisher and apply it onto electrical fire, which obviously is, is a high risk of electrocution and oh obviously death. So it is important that people realise that for what we do as a service that we do call on site, um, we, serve it, we serve the premises for what's required in fire, fire extinguishers for the areas of fire risk. We then follow on with the service on an annual basis where we come in and we service exchange the extinguishers 
uh, to meet Irish and European fire standards uh, based on 33%. This ensures that every extinguisher has been constantly exchanged within a three to four year period, which which in return could save people's lives. And it is essential that anyone that has extinguishers located on the premises uh, does take necessary care to ensure that these extinguishers are serviced for the safety, not only for themselves, but also for the, their staff and their employees. Kieran, um, it's good to talk to you, uh, particularly so as it's uh, Fire Safety Week. If people kind of want to pull their socks up and get a bit better, what should they do? How can they contact you? Well, they can contact us here in, in number 6, Heavenly State, Kenny. Uh, on 056-781-7007. Um, they can also uh, go online, um, contact us online, and we will respond to them uh, very promptly and meet them on site, or they can indeed come to the, the showrooms here themselves and we can consult with them, and then we proceed to go and do a fire safety audit for them. Okay. Um, so we also have, as I said to you, that we do provide an extended range of product here in the episode as well in relation to first aid and fire retardant products which can help indeed uh, prevent fire. Okay, well Kieran, pleasure talking to you. Uh, thanks very much and best of luck to everybody involved in your company. That's Kieran Kerwin, who's Director at Rapid Fire Safety and Security Services, uh, a company operating from Kilkenny from the Hebron Industrial Estate nationwide. So if you want to check out uh, any of their services, it has been National Fire Safety Week, which got underway on Monday last. That's about all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. Don't forget, tomorrow is Kilkenny Day, I may have said today by mistake earlier on so dress yourself up dress your pet get out there uh, socially distanced of course deck your home in the county colours and celebrate all that is wonderful about Kilkenny City and County remember if you have any comments or ideas you'd like to get to us you can email the bottom line at kclr96fm.com or if you'd like to listen back to the show or any episode of the bottom line just search for the bottom line on KCLR on the Apple Store Google Play or Spotify thanks to all our guests this morning Colin Ahern Tom Burgess David Duggan, Colin Duggan and Kieran Kerwin. Thanks to the ever patient producer Deirdre Drummy. Have yourself a good day and a weekend. Keep your distance, wash your hands, wear a mask and comply with guidelines for the good of everyone. Keep safe, have a good week and hopefully we'll talk to you all again next Saturday morning. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across this Southeast.